What's up, everybody? On this episode of the Best of Bias podcast, we got a lot of stuff for you. I know it's Saturday today. I'm one day late, which you already know. I ain't gonna come with the excuses. I'm just gonna come with a good podcast for a day. All right? Can I can I do that for y'all? Um, today we got a bunch of topics. Not much sports because we're in a lull in the sports. Like I said last week, uh, baseball's in full swing. You already know what's happening with the Braves. We out here trying to win the you know National League and all that shit. But we're gonna leave that for a little bit later when the uh, playoffs get started. You know, after the All Star break and see what's going on there. Uh, but the NBA, we got a couple of things to talk about. Uh, free agency money was spent. Uh, some boys got some money. Uh, teams trying to stack up to try to beat the one. I mean, I'm gonna say the Warriors to beat the um, Denver Nuggets, of course, my boys. You know, what I'm saying everybody's trying to make these NBA moves to try to compete. So we're gonna talk about that a little bit. Um, the midseason tournament that they're gonna announce today, later on today, at like 7:30 or so. Um, they're gonna have a tournament in the middle of the season um, for trophies and accolades and stuff like that. Uh, NBA Summer League's in full swing. We had a couple of performances from Scoot Henderson, uh, Brandon Miller, and Wimby. So talk about that a little bit. And then we get into pop culture. New Superman was named, Comic-Con, uh, who's going to be there, who's not going to be there. I talked last year, said a lot of people are still going to be there, but it's a lot of people that pulled out. Um, Supreme Court and Congress um, denying the student loan um, debt. Uh, you know, postpone or forgiveness. Also, them take uh, Supreme Court taking away affirmative action for colleges. Uh, pretty nuts. Carisha Hood and her 14-year-old son. Lil Uzi's new album and Cinema Corner. We don't have much. Just Secret Invasion Episode 3. I just thought I'd talk about that episodically as well. And also in sports, a lot of people were let go of ES from ESPN. So a lot of stuff to talk about. You know, not hella, but, you know, I got some topics for y'all. I know I'm a little late. It's Saturday, but it's the Best of Bias podcast. New listeners, thank you for being here. I know I'm not making a good impression by not coming out on Friday. But, you know, all my family, you already know what's going on. Everybody that's been here, you already know what's going on. It's going to be a great episode no matter what day it is. So hopefully y'all ready. Hopefully you got had a good friday yesterday and you're ready for the weekend um hope you guys had good fourth of july's and let's get into this podcast the best of bias your boy like desert Nero. let's get it yeah 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 it's the best uh best of bias you need to hear for you should try us from pop culture to the movies to unite us it's the best uh best of bias your best of bias What's up? What's up? What's up? I'm not stealing that from Martin. It's just me. Your boy Lydell De Niro in the building. Time for another episode. I know I'm a little late. I know it's Saturday. I know. Thank you guys for waiting for me. Um, video might be a little late this week, but, you know, we're still trying to keep it grinding, keep it going, um, given the circumstances we're in. And I'm going to stop bringing that up, stop using that as an excuse. But, you know what I'm saying? Give me a little grace sometimes if I come out a little late or I miss a week or so. Just, just going to throw that out there again. But I'm not going to do that. A lot. I'm gonna be here for y'all. Um, no matter the circumstances with a smile on my face. You know, God got me here today. Um, you know, with, with my family, this is my happy space. So I'm happy to be here for y'all. So without further ado, let's get into episode 168 of season two of the Best of Bias podcast. Thank you for being here with me. Um, we'll get a new theme song coming out soon. Cause I know you're probably asking who the who the hell Hugo Twilight is. Y'all probably never heard him on a podcast unless you're a day one day one listener from back in 2019, where um, he was on the podcast with me and stuff like that. My you know was my homie Kurt. Um, but yep, 
he's not with us no more. I told you guys, well, not in the podcast anymore. I told you guys that when we transitioned a little bit. But so if you guys are confused and you're new listeners, you ain't, you still haven't heard who Hugo Twilight was. He's one of the uh, founding, you know, helpers to make, create this podcast. Uh, but he just got a little busy and was had to bow out. But anyways, let's get into these topics, starting with NBA free agency. Um, stuff happened. Um, we didn't really expect a lot. Well, we expected a lot more to happen. Um, a lot of more movement, but it seems like a lot of uh, a lot of teams locked up their players. Um, the team that actually made the most moves, um, that made the most effective moves in my book, uh, was the Lakers. Man, they were able to re-sign Austin Reeves under um, what everybody expected him to get. Rui was uh, Rui Hertzmurrow's back. Um, Jackson Hayes, the backup center. If you want to play five, some while AD plays four, that's cool. They got uh, Bruh from the Heat, um, Gabe Vincent, Bay Area boy. Um, this is a good shooter they need probably for their, I don't know if he'll start, maybe start, but I think maybe for their second unit, um, off the bench, some shooting there. Um, they also got, uh, Cam Reddish. Um, I haven't really watched much Cam Reddish, you know, after he got drafted, um, and kind of, you know, was passed around a little bit. He's on the Hawks. Um, got traded to the Knicks. Didn't really do much on the, was he on the Knicks? Forgot what team he went to after the Hawks, but he wasn't really doing much. So, um, you know, the team on the Lakers maybe we revitalized uh, be, being under LeBron and stuff like that. But yeah, and they also got Terry and Prince. They got a whole bunch of utility players that I think could help them. Um, last year, of course, they got swept by us, but we were we were a good team running through everybody. But I know that I help them a lot more, and they won't start off like they did last season, um, last place, and have to fight to get back into the playoffs and make the you know try to avoid the play in and stuff like that. Um, Phoenix Suns still looking formidable. They picked up Eric Gordon uh, to go with Bradley Beal, uh, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant. And still, they still have DeAndre Ayton. Um, they're trying to get some bench players, but they really haven't moved Ayton yet. Um, one surprise, a lot of people surprised me. Van Vliet going to Houston uh, for like three years, 160 mil, something like that. I could be wrong in the prices, but they're pretty high up there. I know Dylan Brooks got like four years for 80 million um for for houston um money was bruce brown one of the surprises for me leaving our champion winning championship winning Denver nuggets and going on to play for the uh pacers for two years for 45 mil which was actually surprising i think that's a little overpay for him i love bruce brown he won us the championship our first championship ever i'm not even gonna lie uh but 45 million for two years man he wasn't even starting for us you know what i'm saying he averaged like 12 points you know he did good in the playoffs you know finals and uh, the Western Conference Finals, some big buckets to close out some games. But forty-five million, man. I hope you. I hope he's in your starting lineup. Two years, and he can opt out after the first. It's gonna be crazy. After making like eight million for one year with us, yeah, he deserves it. You know what I'm saying? No hate for that. Grant Williams, I think he goes. For how he goes to uh, Grant Williams, I think he goes to the Mavericks. The Mavericks are making some moves, man. Um, they got Grant Williams. They have. Uh, they got some other pieces as well. Uh, they were going to get Thibel, I think, but they the the offer sheet was matched by the Blazers because they want to keep him. Um, the Blazers haven't traded um, Dame Lillard yet, so we don't know. We've been hearing a lot of stuff uh, from his agent that he only wants to go to Miami. Whatever organization else they trade him to, he's not going to be happy. Thus, he's not going to perform as hard. You know, I'm sorry, kind of warning other teams to kind of back off and let Miami get him. But the team, I don't know, man. I was watching Summer League today. I'll get into that a little later. Shaden Sharp is doing good. Scoot Henderson doing well as well. Um, they just signed Jeremy Grant four years, 160. They still got Nurkic. So I don't know if they want to try to play it out, you know, in the loaded West or just trade. Um, Dame Lillard to try to get more pieces to kind of build their team. So we'll see what happens with them. Um, the Celtics got Porzingis. 
signed him to a two-year extension um, already. So they're trying to do stuff with him. They're saying the Celtics aren't out of the, uh, you know, out of the Dame, the Dame race. So we don't know what's going to happen there. Of course, we saw Draymond Green sign back to the Lakers, uh, Lakers to the Warriors for uh, what, how much was it? I think it was another three years for like a hundred million dollars or something like that. Um, maybe four years for three. I think it was three for a hundred million. Um, so they got Chris Paul still. They got the core three of uh, Steph. Play and Draymond still intact. Um, yeah, it's they still got Wiggins too. They got to deal, see what they're gonna do with Bigs. You know, what I'm saying pick up somebody on a mid level exception or just kind of run it with a uh, um, Kevon Looney. He did great last year in the playoffs um, against the smaller guys, but against other Bigs, he was kind of like Anthony Davis. He wasn't able to do as much as he was against uh, the Kings and things like that. So that was interesting. Uh, what else? Clippers signed back uh, Russell Westbrook for $8 million. See all these other people getting all kind of bread and they just going to pay. <laughs> it's going to pay my boy Westbrook $8 million. Um, people are saying maybe it's hometown discount for him to stay at home and uh, not really want to move because he made so much money in his career already. Um, there's uh, whispers of them probably uh, maybe getting James Harden. So maybe he's trying to stay around and see if they can build something and took that less money to do so. But yeah, it's crazy that Fred Van Vliet can get all that money and Russell Westbrook going to get $8 million. You know what I'm saying? And everybody's saying that uh, Dylan Brooks was out of the league, but he just got four years, $80 million, and they gave Chris uh, Russell Westbrook just two years, $8 million. So it's going to be interesting. People are speculating maybe Paul George gets traded. We haven't heard any Zion information yet. Um, that girl that even Mariah Mills we talked about a couple weeks ago now claiming that she is pregnant, showing pregnancy tests online. So we don't know what's going to happen with Zion. They need to trade him, uh, get it while they're getting his good, because it's going to be drama this year, especially if he can't play. Hopefully he can play, but, yeah, it's getting a little wild. Um, But, yeah, it was it was, a cra- it was crazy times of free agency. People were getting paid. Kyle Kuzma got paid a big old bag to stay in uh, Washington to play with the Wizards. Um, yeah, can't. Oof. Uh, LaMelo Ball. Uh, four years, 260, or the six years, 260, whatever the max is, they paid him the max. Uh, Desmond Bain got paid the max, like 206 million. Uh, whew, people was getting paid, man. The young players, you know, the older players are kind of aging out of the league. So, they, you know, these teams are strapping up and trying to take the Nuggets model is build your team, pay your players. So when it comes time to make those decisions to go into championship drive, you're financially able to do so and your team is kind of well-rounded enough for you to stay competitive. You know what I mean? And that's what happens, you know, ha- is happening with us. We still got our core four, uh, Aaron Gordon, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. Uh, we still got Jokic, of course, locked up, all locked up on contracts. KCP, we still got for at least one more year. With young, promising guys like Christian Brown coming off the bench, bench Peyton Watson coming off the bench. And we still got a whole bunch of people that we drafted and been de- developing over these last couple of years. Um, Colin Gillespie, a point guard out of Villanova, I believe, um, got hurt last year before training or before summer league. So he wasn't able to play a sharpshooting point guard. We drafted a, sh- uh, a sharpshooter out of Gonzaga, um, Struthers, who's supposed to be good. Another uh, guy out of um, Clemson, some six, eight small forward that got stroked too. And a, another, pa- another backup point guard who's able to, um, you know, take over the reins. If, you know, uh, Jamal Murray has to come out six, five, he had a pretty good game today. 12 points, five rebounds, six assists, you know, for his first game in the summer league is pretty good out there in Vegas. Um, but we still got Reggie Jackson. We resigned DeAndre Jordan. We resigned 
Um, just some, we still have Zeke Naji, um, just some guys that we have to fill in the spots that we need for our backup unit while our you know starting five is out. We just need a couple, four, three or four people, maybe five people for the regular season and the rotation is going to shrink in the playoffs anyway. So hopefully by then those utility pieces can get uh, enough games under their belt so that they can uh, be, you know, because these are players that we drafted that had three or four years in college already, and they already kind of know what's going on, kind of are older and a little bit more mature. So we're hoping that they can go in and not be kind of rattled by the pace of the game and just kind of already just kind of fit in to a team that won the championship last year. And we're hoping they can do so. And especially with this midseason tournament that they're announcing, um, the NBA is trying to implement a midseason tournament. Um, I don't really know exactly what it is, but it's going to have bracketing. It's going to count towards your regular season uh, record, and there'll be trophies and stuff passed out based on this tournament. I don't know if it's actually adding games to the schedule or just taking games out of the schedule to throw this tournament in. But there, um, if you're listening to this on Saturday when it's actually dropping, I'm recording this on Friday, so they'll probably give you be, uh, be giving you more details tonight at 7.30, announcing all how the brackets are going to work, how the uh, you know how it's going to be... Um, judged how the trophies are going to be given out and what counts for what, you know, if the stats are going to count for your regular season and all that as well. But the mid-season tournament that they proposed last year, a couple of years ago, is actually going to happen. Adam Silver said, yep, we we doing it. I mean, they're already encouraging players to play more games to be um, uh, eligible for regular season tournaments. I mean, regular season uh, awards like uh, offensive player, defensive player, MVP, all NBA teams, and all that stuff is incentivized on your in contract. So I'm sure these midseason tournaments and all these other games that they're adding to the NBA is kind of, one, trying to get more money for the NBA, of course, and some players might be against it, but um, the NBA is at an all-time high. And, um, yeah, once the playoffs start and other teams are out of the NBA, um, out of the, you know, they're running for the championship, we kind of forget about all those teams. And, you know, I'm saying all the players that may be on these teams for a while because you know, the playoffs start early and they giggle a long time. And it gives us some time to kind of forget about these other players and other teams. And once you see them playing in the summer league, once we see, you know, free free agency moves and how they're doing in the regular season, it's like, oh, yeah, these teams are around again. And these teams are, you know, making some noise. And I think these tournaments give you more access and, um, you know, more eyes on teams that may not get as much um, TV time as they used to. Cause you know, uh, Denver Nuggets didn't really get no notoriety all season until kind of the playoffs. Everybody was like, Oh yeah, this team is pretty good. So just imagine a mid season tournament where you get to see Sacramento play. You get to see the Charlotte Hornets play. You get to see teams that you don't really usually see in your markets just because the tournament's on and every team's going to be playing in the tournament. We get, you know, as tournament progresses, if a team is really good, low key that you don't really watch, you have a chance to see them and, you know, get a watchful eye on them, maybe make some bets for the season. You never know. It could be a good thing. But we're excited to see that. And Summer League. Um, Summer League is going on right now. They had the California Classic. Um, I don't know exactly where it was. Um, but they did, I think, was it in Sacramento? I'm not sure. But they had a couple of teams out there playing. Warriors, I think, Santa, not Santa, San Antonio, they're playing that tournament. But uh, Wimby didn't play that tournament. They had the Charlotte Hornets. And I think the Sacramento Kings were all the teams that participated in that. It was just like four teams. Um, but we got to see an early uh, look at Brandon Miller, the second overall pick to the Hornets. Um, and he was playing a little shaky, man. You saw that he had range. We saw that he could get to the rim a little bit, he distribute a little bit, but he didn't do what the normal number two pick in the NBA should be doing right away. And that kind of made some people kind of shaky about it. Um, 
But yeah, he he said that he was just skinning the cobwebs off, and now we're in Vegas, and the big dogs is playing. We got to see him go head to head against Scoot Henderson. Um, they both did good today. Um, Brandon Miller did shake off those cobwebs. Oh, actually, no, Brandon Miller's playing against Wimby Yama today. That's my bad. Scoot Henderson played against who did he play against? Oh, the number five pick, Eamon Thompson. So that's who went head up today, and they did, they had both had really pretty good games. Eamon Thompson, uh, six seven point guard playing for Houston. Um, just can have his way on the court. He can guard the team's best player. Um, they can do that because they have so many, they have so much size on their team that their point guard is able to be six seven and guard other point guards, or just shift over to whoever is the best player on the court that they have to guard, and they can just make adjustments. Then um, they again have Dylan Brooks to shut down some people on defense too. Um, they have Fred VanVleet to actually run um, the shooting guard if he wants. So you didn't got to handle the ball now, and they have Eamon Thompson on the team. But they're all young. Jalen Green, Jabari, um, Jabari Smith, uh, Shangoon, uh, Eason. We saw Eason playing today, too. A uh, big man that could shoot in and just dunk on people. It's kind of crazy to see. Scoot Henderson, uh, he saw that he has promise in the NBA for sure. Uh, 15 points, did a lot of his damage in the first quarter. Second half kind of slowed down, took him out early in the second half. And then he played a little bit of the third, didn't bring him back in much in the fourth. So, um he got about fifteen point, uh, about fifteen points. Um, his prop, prop, his prop points were eighteen and a half. Though I was kind of mad about that. But Eamon Thompson, he his points were fifteen and a half. Um, he got sixteen. Um, his, yeah, he's good. Getting to the rim, he was a little passive. Wanted to pass more than actually score. Um, but once he did get to the rim, he had some crazy finishes. Was able to, you know. Of course, everybody's point guard is not going to be six seven, so he was able to get around smaller point guards to get to the rim and stuff like that. Um, yeah, they're going to be a cool, interesting team to watch. Jabari Smith actually hit a crazy uh, three-pointer to win the game. I know it's just summer league, but it was an amazing shot. Jabari Smith shouldn't really be playing in the uh, summer league, second-year player. I don't know how I feel about second-year players playing in the summer league, especially if you get a lot of minutes in the NBA. Um, like Shaden Sharp was getting off for the uh, – the Blazers, you know, to, uh, picking up where he left off at the end of the last season. Though he wasn't really starting that much. You're getting a bunch, a bunch of minutes, so everybody kind of sat out um, towards the end of the season. But, yeah, he was he was looking like he's a little too advanced. I don't know if he should play every game in the summer league. Um, but he scored about 20 points. Um, but, yeah, it, it was, it's it been a cool summer league. Wimby Yama playing right now against Brandon Miller. Uh, Wimby Yama, you can still see there's a little rust there, but you can see the handle. Um, you can see the jump shot. Of course, he's seven five, so he can take a jump shot over anybody at any time. But we're getting to see a little bit of his passing work out there. Um, the game is on right now. It started at six, and I started recording at halftime, so I don't know what he's at right now. My my props for him is over ten rebounds, and yeah, he better get every rebound if he's in. But I don't know how these uh, rotations are going to work for summer league. So that might be some if you're betting on Prize Picks or any uh, betting sites. Be careful about these minutes because these coaches be pulling these superstar draft picks before they actually get warmed up and actually can get in their bag. So unless they do it early in the first quarter, it might be ugly because I just lost two players: fucking Grady Dick and uh, Sandog Sandungo, whatever his name from the uh, from UConn that won the championship. Thought he can give me at least thirteen points, but he wasn't able to do so. But yeah, man, all these players are looking good. Um, Scoot Henderson looking great. Um, hopefully we can see him play with Dame. But um, if he wants to move on, I feel it. He's been there for a while. Nothing really popped. But it looks like they could Shaden Sharp, Anthony Simons. I mean, hey, man, it could it could happen, man. It, play in something special because you saw what happened with Miami. Um, the coaching may not be the same, but you know, he can they can at least make a six seven seed. Lakers did it. I mean, the team's young, but. 
there's some young teams that you know did well this year. Timberwolves kind of over six over uh, succeeded. Um, who else do we see that was close uh, at the bottom of the bracket? There, it's like I mean, it was kind of loaded though, because the lower seeds were really good. But yeah, we gonna see. We gonna see what happens with them. Summer league it just started for them, so I'm not gonna make any too harsh, too many harsh criticisms right now. But Scoot Henderson and Amin Thompson played in the G League, so and Wimby played in the uh, French League, so they should be a little more advanced than these young guys coming straight out of college because they played against grown men in professional leagues. So they should continue to get better and better. Um, but they are playing for the first time. If you guys didn't check out the highlights, um, check them out. You know, today or after whenever you listen to this, <laughs> and go check out what's going on. I know you, I know you guys probably hear about Wimby Yama's performance. Um, and Scoot Henderson's performance just because they're the guys that everybody's talking about and want to hear about from right now. So you'll check those out and see those. But it's looking good, man. These guys, they're some new faces in the NBA, man. And every year we get to see new players that are going to be coming over and taking the torch from these older players that are actually phasing out. LeBron may be 40 years old next year. Shoot. 39, probably. 39. No, he might be 39 now. So I don't know. I mean, he's getting up there. But that's all I got for sports. Oh, actually, no, 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 no. I want to talk about ESPN real quick. Man, ESPN just fired everybody. I don't know what's going on over there. I, I mean, they have all the money in the world. They were Disney and shit, so they, they got to be getting paid. But they decided to lay off a lot of well-known sportscasters, though some of them may not have been the best and needed, you know, should have been having the job in the first place. But they're letting go of some good uh, sports heads. Uh, let me name a couple. Jalen Rose, Jeff Van Gundy, Keyshawn Johnson, Todd McShay. They're letting go of Tom McShay. What are we going to do for the mock drafts? I know, uh, what's the other, what's the other LeBron's name? Um, Todd McShay and, uh, I can't believe I remember, don't know his name, but it'll come to me later. Uh, Max Kellerman got fired, Susie Colbert, Ashley Brewer, LaFonzo Ellis, uh, Rob Ninkovich, man, David Polak from the, from the, the college football analysis, but why are they firing him? Matt Hasselback, Jason Fitz, uh, June Lee, Steve Young was fired as an NFL analyst, Nick Friedel. And who's the last one here? Jordan Jordan Cornette. That's like, what is that? Four, five, 10, 15 people. 15 people fired from ESPN, well-known people. I don't know if they were asking for more money. I don't know if they were doing their own thing and they didn't have much, you know, have, have much like, uh, what's the what's the word I'm looking for? As much allegiance to ESPN as the other people that are working there, though, that will just work every show and don't care about the hours and don't care about living in Bristol, Connecticut, and stuff like that. Maybe these people were just feeling like they wanted to move on, or maybe just ESPN is trying to save some money and make Stephen A do all the other shows. You know what I'm saying? I guess they're just going to move these people around that used to guest host on these shows and just give them their own shows. JJ Reddick, uh, Jay Will, um, Kendrick Perkins probably going to move up a little bit. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, none of the uh, female hosts that recently got hired didn't get fired. And that's pretty that's good. Women of color staying in their spots. They're doing really great. Uh, Malika Andrews, uh, uh, Roz, um, Monica McNutt, everybody out there that kind of guests fills in for when these talking heads can't make it. Um, but they still got Mad Dog. I don't know. Mad Dog and Kendrick Perkins, the guys out there just being hella controversial, saying stupid shit. Uh, the ones they keep the jobs for. But, man, shout-outs to everybody that got laid off, and hopefully they can find jobs. Uh, just seems like ESPN and Disney and just everybody over there is just lay, laying off a bunch of people. And they're making a whole bunch of money. They're pretty much the conglomerate of sports, them and FS1. But they just want to let everybody go. I mean, maybe they're making money for Shannon Sharp to come over there because they got to pay him a big bag to join First Take or something. Who knows? But 
it's just wild to see all these people going. Max Kellerman, even though his show that came on kind of like after all the good primetime shows and he didn't really shit, fired him just straight up. Keyshawn, Jalen Rose, Jeff Gun. I understand Jeff Van Gundy because every time they brought him on, he was just talking shit about the referees and the NBA and how people don't call fouls and the rules. And yeah, I was tired of hearing all that shit. But everybody else, Matt Hasselback, like David Poe, yeah, it's getting wild. Rob Ninkovich, he was, man, I guess he was just a guest commentator too. Hmm, popped on, no, man, that's crazy. But yeah, again, Shout out to them. Hope they land on their feet. I know they probably got a whole bunch of other ventures going on that helps too. And ESPN was the main paycheck for a while, but I don't know. I wish them the best. I wish them the best. But uh, next, moving into pop culture, we got the new Superman. DCU finally announced their new Superman um, and Lois Lane. Not too sure who these people are. Not really familiar with them, but maybe you guys are. I do this for y'all anyway, so you know what I'm saying. Uh, so for Superman, this guy named David Cornsweat actor um playing superman the new superman new clark kent um he guest starred in the house of cards for a while and he's most recently was on uh we own this city on hbo max now max um i've seen that show recently i don't really know who his character was but he's gonna be our new superman um some people kind of felt a little ways about this because they still feel like henry cavill should be superman but i'm sure you know we'll get used to this guy he's young um, he can grow into being Superman. Um, and, you know, what I'm saying I, I believe in James Gunn. Um, I'm hoping that he can go over there and recreate this DC because DCU, I'll talk about it in a minute, has not been doing good with these movies. DCEU has been just throwing out bullshit. And for this year, it has been a whole bunch of train wrecks. But Rachel Brosnahan is playing Lois Lane. Um, she was in The Marvelous Miss Maisel, also in House of Cards. Um, so she's going to be Lois Lane. And, um, we're going to see what happens, man. Um, I didn't watch the Lois Lane and Superman show, but they're putting a big onus on this Lois Lane being kind of going against the grain and being the one that kind of goes after and kind of breaks the rules and, try, and kind of puts Superman in some spots because Lo Lois Lane's trying to be... Uh, she's a reporter, right? She's trying to be on-the-scene reporter and get yourself into a lot of trouble. So we're going to see what happens. Um, yeah, I'm hoping that, again, James Gunn can revitalize this stuff because DCEU was stinking it up. Um, Shazam, too, bad. Black Adam, bad. Flash, I haven't seen it, but getting a lot of reviews is it being bad, which kind of halted me from actually going to the movie and seeing it myself. Kind of probably going to wait for it to come out on Max. Probably come out real soon because ever since that movie came out, I've just been uh, seeing a whole bunch of decreases in sales every weekend after their uh, release, um, and they're doing bad. They're doing bad. I think the best movie they did um, that has done good in the movie theaters was uh, Black Adam. And that didn't even, yeah, that didn't even really stick. And Blue Beetle is supposed to be coming up and their promotion for it's pretty bad, man. It kind of started promotion really late. And, um, you know, I, yeah, it just kind of seems a little weird to me. I don't think the Black uh, Blue Beetle is really cool, a real, really cool character in DC. Um, and this is the last movie that's in DC EU. Everything that's been coming out um from dc eu has been shazam black adam flash blue beetle and the last one is going to be aquaman 2 um which james gunn says is kind of it's its own thing it's not really going to be a part of the dcu um so i'm hoping that after uh aquaman 2 aquaman 2 i'm hoping can be all right at least and then going into this new phase that um, James Gunn can kind of correct everything and have us back on the right track because the characters that he's supposed to be bringing over, um, I did bring a list of the shows and stuff, properties that he was he announced back at um, the DC Day or DCU Day or whatever they did. They got a lot of stuff coming out. So 
I'm excited to see what they got. I'm excited to see if they can put us back on the right track because Marvel, though Marvel shows and stuff are kind of down right now as far as the effectiveness and uh, how it's being received by the fans. DC DC has been kind of far back already um, and been trying to kind of catch up with the MCU as far as how the fans receive them and how everybody looks at the competition between the two superhero companies. Um, Yeah, that whole phase all the way up until Endgame was fantastic so they have to catch up that to that first before they're able to criticize the next phase that's going on right now of marvel um because even with it not being as great they still they're still miles above dc um dc animation is great um and that may be better than marvel's animation as far as like the 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 cartoon shows and stuff like that um movie wise yeah they're all hella low-key and not really in the movie theaters but dc's movies are epic too if you guys watch dc's movies like the characters have really really good stories it's just that you know dc has not been portraying them right in live action movies hasn't been doing a good job at all of giving us stuff that we want to see or you know giving us the easter eggs and the payoff that the marvel movies have done for their first couple of phases and especially how they wrapped it up with endgame um, a lot of the shows, I mean, we discussed it a lot, but some of the shows that they put out for the next phase, phase four and stuff like that, or phase five and stuff like that, have been okay. Um, they just tried this formula that didn't really, this wasn't really effective. Um, six episodes, really fast series, and just try to push out a whole bunch of them. Um, became really formulaic, and uh, we didn't get the payoffs in a lot of the shows that we wanted to get the ultimate payoffs for. Um, we were just hoping for like the seasons after that after the first season that we would see some stuff that would uh kind of get us into it. But, you know, with the writer's strike right now, a lot of the stuff isn't able to be in production and stuff is just getting pushed back. So we're kind of sitting wondering when actually all this stuff is going to be attached because a lot of the shows were kind of standalone-ish. Um, Loki and um, we got some WandaVision, all that stuff seemed to have be connective tissue to the next phase. But the shows that came out after were kind of introductory and kind of given introductions to the hero's journey of these new characters that are going to be coming in, especially the young Avengers and stuff like that. So we're waiting to kind of move into, you know, even guardians was like a lot last movie for the guardians and they're going to be kind of phased out. I feel like, so we're going to see what actually the MCU is doing. Um, I don't know what the next movie we have is coming out for the MCU right now. Um, is it that new captain America or something? And even that I think is, getting held up a little. They already kind of changed their movie title. It's not even New World Order anymore. I forgot exactly what the new name is going to be. Um, but it's wild, man. I'm just hoping, man, I'm telling you, um, I'm not going to give up on DC, even though, you know, I'm, it's not, I don't like it as good as Marvel. I'm, there's no way I can just dump the, all these characters I grew up grew up with watching, uh, reading comics or watching the cartoons and stuff like that. There's no way. There's too many epic characters. Is too many days to give up completely. I'm just hoping that the new gen- the new regime can go over there and recreate this shit and get it popping again because this old cupcake shit that they putting out now ain't it. And yeah, again, I just feel like Marvel and DC should merge and be all under one umbrella so you can have access to all the characters and just just create this immersive world where there's cameos with everybody and everything. That'd be kind of epic, but it might be too much for the world to handle. But hey, that'll be epic. Um, Comic Con update. I did say last week that um, I read that there's a lot of people backing out due to the writer's strike as well. Um, and a lot of people um, were still going to come based on everything else that's going to be there. Um, Celebrity-wise, um, the actors' panels and stuff like that, maybe all of them wouldn't be there, but still collectibles, artists, and a whole bunch of other people 
Funko Pops are going to be released there. And the tickets are, are raffled off, so it's not really guaranteed you get in every year. So a special event, um, though a lot of people have backed out, um, I still think it's an event that everybody should go to and should be excited still to go to. Um, to name a few that are out of Comic-Con, uh, Marvel's not going to be there. Lucasfilms, Disney, Netflix, Sony Universal, Paramount Plus, uh, no James Gunn. So no announcements from any of these theaters, probably. Usually we, we were supposed to get the um, announcing of the Fantastic Forecast. We were supposed to get a whole bunch of, you know, Star Wars announcements, Disney Plus, Disney, of course, Netflix announcements, a lot of panels, a lot of actors are going to be there from those uh, companies, but they've backed out the companies that will be there, Paramount, uh, Prime Video, Lionsgate, and Max. So no Paramount Plus, but Paramount, the overall company, is going to be there. Um, Prime Video, Lionsgate, and Max. But still, uh, like I said, the writer's strike is kind of affecting everything because The Boys is like, now we don't even know when the next season of The Boys is coming out for Paramount Video, so we're not going to probably hear any announcements for that. Hopefully, we get to see... Um, what is that? Oh, it was on the tip of my tongue. The cartoon that came out last, I don't know if it was last year, a couple of years ago, that was incredible. Um, it slipped my mind. Super gory, dude's dad beat him up. Hella bad. He became a superhero once he realized that he had that superhero gene in him. He could fly, he started to fly and stuff. Damn, I'm hella forgetting what the show is called. But you guys know what show I'm talking about. You guys know exactly what show I'm talking about. Uh, animated series, superhero show on uh, on Prime. Shoot gonna bug the shit out of me that i don't know but yeah the writer strike has been on for 10 weeks and counting and it's affecting a lot of stuff man and i feel kind of sorry for the people that pay a lot of money to probably see these actors and get these autographs from these actors that were going to be there um and just kind of meet their favorite stars but you know again i don't blame the writers the writers do need to get paid and everything needs to be square with everybody um they extended the uh, contract length for the uh, the sag for the actors to sign the contracts and get on the same um, levels at the company too. So there's a lot of stuff going on in Hollywood and it's going to affect the movie TV show industry. And I'm, I'm pretty sad about that, man. Cause again, I'm a, a guy that likes to watch TV, likes to watch all the shows and come back and report to you guys, get you guys interested and just kind of let you guys know we can share together how this stuff is, but, but everybody kind of in internal strife, it's just going to be hard for that to happen. I'm hoping that, they realize that pushing back all this Marvel stuff, pushing back all this highly anticipated money-making stuff can get them to see that these actors are really important and we need to get on it, man. And I support these, I support these women, uh, men and women out there, um, you know, standing up for their rights and trying to get, you know, their money for writing these fantastic scripts for these shows that are making millions of dollars and they're not even getting paid reasonable wages. You know what I mean? So still waiting on that. Um, next is super serious um, affirmative action and student loans shot down uh, by the Congress and Supreme Court. Um, affirmative action, of course, was with the uh, entry to colleges. Um, a lot of the times we see a lot of colleges filled with white students that um, either uh, uh, like qualify for the school, overqualify for the school or just were let in based on their skin color and their application. But it's harder for minorities, Hispanics, Asians, Blacks, um, Native Americans to get into these colleges and they only let a few in. So, uh, you know, affirmative action helped a lot of uh, minority students who weren't really given a chance to get into college just based on their skin color. They may have the same kind of grades. They may have a little bit slightly lower, like SAT scores, uh, slightly lower grades and stuff like that. But it's their dream school and they work really hard with the opportunity they had to try to get these grades and try to get these scores. 
And, you know, these colleges aren't giving them any chances based on their skin color. People may say that's not happening, but of course we're not in the, you know, entrance, whatever they're called, the registrations, the Dean's office, looking at these applications to let people in. Um, but I'm sure they don't, you know, a lot of these schools are limiting the number of minorities they have on campus and they're not basing it off of how, you know, they're, they're doing in school. They just like, it looks, seems as though they were like in the past, they were, that's why we had these affirmative action rules put in place. They're like, okay, this person's black, this person's Mexican, this person's Asian. We don't want them here. We want the school, the Yales, the Princeton's of the world, the, the Clemson's of the world to be all white students. You know what I'm saying? Until it comes to the sports you know what I'm saying? They're going to have all, all the minorities on the sports team, but to get in, if you're not a sports star, if you're not somebody that's getting in on some super scholarship, you can't go to the school just because you're a minority. You have the same, you have the same uh, scores as Jeffrey, but Jeffrey gets in because he's white. And since you're black and your name is Jeffrey too, uh, you're not getting in just because of that bubble you checked. You know what I mean? It's it's just crazy. And for the Supreme Court to actually not, not to pretend like, pretend like they don't see that, just look around in the seats that they're in right now. And they can see you need affirmative action to get this stuff right, to have representation of everybody, everybody. You don't, you know what I'm saying? That's why the HBCUs came together and give gave minorities a place to go when they're not accepted to these white schools that are highly accredited. And, you know, these HBCUs, the Howards of the world, the, you know, the Morehouses of the world have opportunity for them to try to be competitive with these schools and still have a higher class of schooling for minority students, black students. But, you know, they're getting sued by white people for the not being let into the schools or the harshness of the conditions of the white people that go to these all black schools. It's like, what are you even saying right now? How are you going to be trying to sue HBCUs, but at the same time saying that, okay, now that now black people can't or minorities can't get into these schools. We're not going to have this affirmative action, this way for more minorities getting the school to kind of even it out. We're going to have, we're going to have 90% white students and 10% minorities. I'm going to separate that 10% you know, however we can, 2% black, uh, another 2% Hispanic, uh, let's get, let's get, let's get 4% Asian. Um, like, come on now. It's just, it's just wild for people to actually do first, the the abortion, uh, rulings that they made completely crazy. And then the affirmative action is completely crazy as well. It's like, what? Yeah, I don't know. It just helps so many students get into college and become something better. If you want people to go to college, I think this is something that should be looked at and overturned like come on now we need that we need that especially especially if we don't have you know faculty at these schools deans at the school that are people of color there it's never going to change and never going to be looked at if affirmative action is not in place you know what i mean it's like you're going to skip over all these people of color and just have them go to jc's because they can't get into the school of their dreams or just get into a second rate school when they have grades enough to get into these highly accredited schools and just not let them in based on their skin color is just wild it's just wow. And we're just slipping it under the rug, talking about submarines missing, talking about uh, what freaking, I don't know. So all this bullshit, these distractions and when real shit is actually happening, it's just, it's just blown under the rug. I mean, no, I know people are talking about it and I know schooling isn't really a big deal for everybody. People are not, you know, college admissions are going down anyways. People want to get it out the mud, watch YouTube, learn how to be entrepreneurs and do all that shit their way. But it makes a difference, man. Also with the concrete, the Congress um, blocking the student loan debt relief plan that Joe Biden put in place. You know what I'm saying? Of course, I'm not the most, I tell you this every time when I'm on here talking about politics, I'm not the biggest politic guy. Um, but I'm a person that actually went to school and needed uh, financial aid, um, went to a couple of colleges, used up all my financial aid 
and had to take out student loans and taking out those loans really helped me in school with funding my apartment, funding my schoolings. The books are expensive as hell uh, to live, to actually live a life and actually do something outside of town to come home and go on vacations and not even vacation part, just like leave town just to come home and just hang out for a weekend, go to Vegas or something. I wouldn't be able to afford doing anything like that if I just was to go to school and try to live off the financial aid that I had living in an apartment by myself, shop for myself. Uh, but then when I finally do decide to take out those loans to be able to help myself and actually get myself through schooling and able to thank the Lord, graduate from Chico State, um, they want you to, you know, return the money tenfold. Because right when you graduate, right, right when you stop taking classes, they want you to start doing a payment plan. And I actually did that for five or six years, paying a lot of money. Um, um, I talked to my people and they said that my I repaid all my on my debts and I don't have to pay anymore because I was in this specialty plan to pay back my stuff. But um, I'm not too sure about that anymore with those, you know, I don't know if I was forgiven based on this, just they're just holding it before they asked me for more money or it was actually fully forgiven. But now with them, I don't know if I did get mine forgiven, I'm blessed for that. But everybody that came after me that did do, we're in the same situation as far as trying to get all their books for school. I can only imagine school books are more expensive than when I was in college, graduated in 2017. So couple years now so did I? I, don't I don't remember exactly what year I should know but <laughs> yeah it's just getting wild man it's just slowly taking away our rights that we need to actually survive and be a, a, a what, what could I say a functioning society I want to say we need people in college we need to kind of try to influence people to go to college but with this stuff nobody's going to want to go to college and nobody's going to be able to get in if they do want to get into college. And it's got, it kind of, don't call me conspiracy guy, but it seems like a way to keep everybody uneducated and just keep the white people educated because they don't want nobody to take over power and be as more, be more knowledgeable than them. I, I don't want to say it like that because I'm, again, I'm not the most political guy in the world and I'm not a conspiracy guy. I like to, you know, be level-headed and take both sides of the situation, but the affirmative action there's no, there's no wait reason for that to be taken away. And the student loan forgiveness, I think it's not right for them not to do it, to forgive these loans, because that's what Joe Biden was running on his whole first term. And that's why he got a lot of people's young people's votes, um, especially when he, he, he mentioned that it could be a possibility. So to go back on it now, I don't, when I feel like he had a whole bunch of time to try to get that pushed through, it's just kind of wild. It's kind of wild. And I feel like they can just play with this and play with our emotions and these, 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 these uh, political campaigns is just, there should be a little bit more strict rules on what you can and can't do. Like if you say something that's really detrimental to getting you voted for and you turn around and don't do it, there should be some penalties for that. I mean, I guess the penalties is not being reelected, but that's four years later. You know what I mean? It's, it's just crazy. It's just a money game, a, a crazy game that's that is it's just wild. It's just wild. It's just wild. And they can do whatever they want and it doesn't get talked about. People say they're gonna go to jail, nobody goes to jail. It's like, what the hell? That's why people strive to be politicians, I guess. I think I think to myself all the time, why the hell would you want to be a politician and put yourself under all kind of pressure like that? And I see why. You can do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> but yeah, man, they need to get it together. Hopefully we can take a look at both of these things and try to get them. I mean, I don't know if we can put it back on the table and try to see if we can get it passed through. I mean, if you're a president, you should be able to do shit like this. Just something little, at least. Stop getting punked for everything and just having the Congress and the House just say no. 
Like you should have some kind of power to push things through, especially if you promise the people and the people need it. And it'll help you get get reelected next year. By the way, y'all like my little bear brick 400% over there. I got the 100% odds behind me. I don't know if you guys can see it. I got to actually move. Whatever. Actually, right there. I'm tripping. Right up top. I got the 100% over there and I got the 400 right there. Yeah, Mr. Incredible Bear Brick. Anyways. Yeah. Fix that shit, government, because y'all messing us up. But yeah. Anyways, moving on. This one happened a couple of weeks ago. I forgot I didn't talk about it. The Carisha Hood situation and her 14-year-old son. Um, Carisha Hood, 35-year-old mom, was at a restaurant getting food in Chicago when there was altercation taking place. There's a man. I don't know what he was angry about. I don't know if he felt like he was cut. I don't know if he felt like he was trying to cut and the mom wasn't having it. But they're getting an altercation. And the guy was... People were videotaping this saying... Um, people were videotaping this watching... Um, no situation take place. And the guy was yelling at the mom saying, if you don't move, I'm going to hit you. And like, he said, if you don't move, I'm going to hit you. And he started taking off on the mom, like really assaulting the mom, which was, first of all, everybody in the line should have tried to break that up and stop that from happening. A man assaulting a woman should no way just be something you're recording your phone, especially if he's doing what he was doing. But anyways, to move the story on, um, he had a, Carisha had uh, a 14 year old son sitting in the car, which he called and told him to come out of the car and get pull a gun on this dude that's trying to beat me up right now. I actually did beat her up. Um, the 14 year old shot the dude twice in the, in the restaurant. And as he was running down the street, the mom was like, go get him. Don't let him get away. Kill him. Supposedly, allegedly. Um, the, the son went out there and finished the job and killed dude. Uh, originally was arrested for, and the name, I'm sure his name is out there, but I'm not going to mention he's 14 year old minor. And that's probably why they're trying to keep his name out of it anyways. Um, at first he was taken to jail for first degree murder for killing the guy. But then uh, later, once the story became big, um, he was released on, um, on uh, all the charges were dropped. Um, he was able to go home. They're saying that it was self-defense. He's able to protect his mom um, and he did nothing wrong. It was a sentiment of everybody that was actually looking at the story and hearing the story. They felt like he, you know, he um, didn't do anything wrong. He was protecting his mom. He's a 14 year old boy. He's a grown man beating up his mom. So, I mean, to get a weapon is probably the only thing he could do to to stop the situation from happening. He wasn't going to get the police. Obviously, nobody else was going to help. Um, so he shot them and killed them. Um, and now, I mean, a lot of people are looking at him as a hero. I mean, again, it's a kid that committed a murder, but uh, people are saying that he did it for the right reasons, man. People have seen and witnessed their mom or somebody in their family getting attacked by somebody. And this is a situation that's what you're supposed to do, especially in the black culture, protect your mom, any culture, I'm sure, protect your mom and don't let nothing like this happen. And he did his job and made sure it didn't happen, even though it resulted in a murder. Um, first of all, the dude shouldn't be hitting on a woman, hitting on anybody, especially over some food. Like, come on now, just wait a couple minutes, sure she'll grab her food, you can grab your food next, bro. So I don't know exactly what the argument was based around exactly, but it just seems like bro is out of pocket just trying to, Cause trouble, cause trouble. Um, I don't know. Maybe everybody was scared because they're in the hood of Chicago, didn't know what the young, the dude had on him or something like that. But still, shouldn't just sit there and that's the problem with our society right now. Picking up the phone and recording everything, you shouldn't just want to sit there and watch her get beat up and try to put it on Twitter the fastest. Stop that shit. And uh, the fourteen year old boy did. Um, and of course he's been getting a lot of support on Instagram on the internet. Nicki Minaj said that she would pay for the boy's college. Um, since he did was right, I'm sure that she had to deal with some or witness some uh, abuse in her household or something like that as well. So a lot of people are on his side for doing what he had to do to protect his mom. And I, I also agree. I mean, you definitely need to protect your mom, make sure nothing happens to her. It's anybody in your family, if that's just happened to him, I feel like you should do something like that. But as far as 
and the mom going out and saying, go chase him down, kill him. I think that was a little far. I think that was a little far. Um, I don't think she should get any jail time because she was attacked, but yeah, you don't want to, to influence your country. There's something to go kill nobody. Um, and shit, if he did kill him, damn, that boy got some aim. And he ain't saying first time using a gun, 14 years old, I mean, protect your moms, but shout out to them. I'm sorry that somebody had to lose their life, but some more of the story is just like, keep your hands to yourself, especially if you don't know people. It's like, you don't, just, I don't know. Society's going crazy, especially for a man not to know that that's not what he's supposed to do public or not. Just don't do it. Don't do it. It's like, what the fuck? What are you thinking? But yeah, um, next story here, Adam 22 and his wife. I'm going to be brief with this one because I don't know what Adam 22 got going on. Um, no jumper. If you guys know Adam 22, he is a podcast, I want to say. Podcast host, got a show on YouTube and everything. He used to, he still kind of delves in the hip hop scene, kind of recover, uh, covers hip hop stories, but all his team and a lot of the people that were closely with him that had the show running and kind of big and popular have walked away from the scene based on some stuff that Adam starts to do, uh, started to do in the back behind the scenes. Um, Adam kind of doesn't really do the podcast anymore because he's into porn now. Him and his wife do a lot of porn scenes with other girls. Um, but in this uh, particular instance, Adam 22's wife um, was going to have sex with another gentleman for the first time, I guess. I guess a lot of their porn they have done with other girls and didn't really um, experience with other guys because it's mostly threesomes. And I guess, I mean, Adam doesn't have sex with guys, I guess. I don't know. But he seems to be into recording his wife could have sex with other men. Um, so supposedly she's having sex with her first dude from Black, her first dude <laughs> uh, uh, outside of her marriage, supposedly. Um, and it's got, people got a lot of scrutiny about it because uh, people are talking a lot of mess about it because <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but I don't think I could have my wife um having sex with other men on camera while i recorded and supposedly that's what happened um firstly i wouldn't want to have my wife having sex with other men anyways even if she was a porn star even though she gets paid for it uh, we get paid enough money to have sex with other girls i wouldn't really i know it's probably not fair but if she wanted not to do that anymore we can talk about that because i do have a successful podcast but her venturing and having sex with other guys i don't know if i would want to do all that i would quit I don't know. Her, her popularity came from being Adam 22's wife. I'm um, doing the porn anyways with him. So her venturing off and just being her own porn star now would be kind of wild. Um, again, she was on Black. Um, the dude that actually starred in the video um, with her kind of put out a video saying, no, he, she didn't just have sex with me. Adam was there recording it himself, watching from the corner and re recording the scenes and stuff like that. Talking to, and she was talking to him all uh, nasty while she was doing, having sex with another man and she was talking about how yeah it was just it was, how you know good it was it was just kind of crazy um and people are making fun of him because he's he's a famous guy and he talks and he's beefing with a lot of people so for this to come out it, it left the opportunity for people to make fun of him um he kind of put out a, a statement afterwards saying that it was kind of weird but They've had sex together a bunch of times and she's had sex with other, he's had sex with other women. So it's only fair to let her have sex with other men. And she talked about how he talked about how her vagina got finally got back into place after four days after having sex with somebody with such a big penis. It was just really weird. It seemed like he was trying to save face in a really weird way. And the other dude that had sex with her came out and was talking about how he was there. And he wasn't surprised at all because he was filming the whole scene and he knew all about it actually being a cuckold. So I don't know. Adam 22, uh, 
maybe this was a publicity stunt and y'all be doing shit like this all the time. You just wanted to try to get something out there for clicks, but it's, it's weird to me. What did you guys do? Would you guys let your significant other have sex with somebody in front of you or just have sex with somebody in general, even if they did it for OnlyFans, even if they just did it for money, what would you say? Um, what would you do? You know what I'm saying? That's just a little brief story there to put in your brains if you didn't know about that. You know, it's not as serious as the other stories I've been talking about, but I just want to lighten up the mood with a little ha-ha, hee-hee. You know what I'm saying? If you guys don't know about that story, go look it up. Um, next story, little, little, oh, wow. little Uzi Vert's album, the Pink album. We were on a little good run of some cool little albums coming out. But I don't know about this Lil Uzi album. I mean, it's supposedly going to be the first rap album to be number one on the Billboard charts. Um, maybe the youth that just took this one over. Maybe it's another example. I talked last week about me being a little too old to get into the new, the new. I mean, Lil Uzi's not new. I love Lil, Lil Uzi when he first came out. But when he started getting to this more so rock and roll thing, going over a little more into the Playboy Cardi side, it's kind of it's getting weird for me. Just the noises he's making throughout the album. He's not even really rapping, just yelling and shit and repeating the same kind of stuff over like, I, I, I always like little video game beats that he did, but mixed with the rock and roll themes and the, uh, that he's doing. The, sorry about that audio listeners, but that shit that he does for six minutes through every song is just wild, man. Just, just rap, bro. But again, I guess there's a market for that because his album is going to go number one. Me personally, I can't even tell you what song I like the most on that album. And I haven't even listened to the whole thing yet, man. It's a long album. It's like 24 songs or some shit like that. And it's like, once you get through a lot of them and they all sound the same and they're not your vibe, it's like, I can't make it through the rest. It's, it's just not my style. And I'm not going to go out there and say Lil Uzi Vert sucks or anything like that. He's not, um, you know, a popular rapper. He fell off or nothing like that. I mean, he's just doing what he needs to do to play to his fan base to make him some money. And it, it I mean, obviously resulted in being the number one rap album on Billboard right now. So I don't know, man. I'm just waiting for music to get back to how it was. I mean, music now is, you know, there's some good albums that have been released. Of course, the Gunna album I really like, but the replay value, I don't know. It's just kind of falling off now. It's like rappers nowadays will do an album, have it hit for like three weeks and then disappear for years. Um, we need some consistency now. I know it's harder to, you know, have that lasting effect with music. So uh, we're going to need everybody to kind of push and put out some music work harder. I know people can probably skate, used to be able to skate off an album and just sit around, like I said, for a year or so, wait for the next one to drop. But, you know, these albums that everybody's putting out now, can't. everybody's not putting out front to back great, good music. You know what I'm saying? So we need we need that work to be put back in the artistry, the 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 individuality, you know, the stuff that I talked about. Bow Wow was talking about last week. Like, though it may be hard to make an album and get a whole bunch of masterpiece songs out on one album, spread it out. You know what I'm saying? If you don't get them all on one, just put out another one a couple of months later. Because what you, I mean, I know you're busy as an artist doing tours and other stuff as well. But if you're a music artist and your job is to make music, I'll just be locked in the studio. come trying to come up with the next hit all the time. I know you need time to break and time for vacations and stuff as well. But, you know, the fan base is who pays you. Um, making them wait for a long time and stuff like that. I mean, tours are good. Because you can eat off the tours and they fans, your fans get to see you and stuff like that. But we still need the music. You know what I mean? Um, we love when people go on a run and do like all their classic songs at the concerts and stuff. But when you put out new music that everybody loves and you go and perform that song at concerts, I feel like there's nothing better than that. Then you hit them with the old school stuff. And man, it just, it doesn't stop. You know what I'm saying? But there's like, I feel like the effort now 
is not really put in once you're established. You just kind of get established and then you just put out whatever you want because you feel like you can um, based on your past, um, you know, accolades and stuff like that. Uh, Lil Uzi's album, again, I don't know, man. If you're if I'm giving it a five, a, a number out of 10, I'm probably going to give it a five. I may have to listen to it again. It's just the Pink album wasn't for me. You know what I'm saying? His other albums and his promotion for this one were great. It's just that I couldn't really get, you know, get into the music, but maybe I'll give it another listen and have another um, opinion after that. But go check it out for yourself. You know what I'm saying? Go see what he, Lil Uzi's rocking with. I just want to rock. I, I, I mean, that's probably the only song that's going to actually be able to have radio play off that album. Like that new song that he performed at BT talking about Ice Spice. I don't know. The beat was catchy, like a lot of the beats are on his album. It's just, I don't know if it can carry me through the whole album and all the songs, you know what I mean? But moving on. Lastly, oh yeah, I wanted to talk about, excuse me, concerts, because I just talked about concerts. What's up with people throwing stuff at these artists, throwing phones at the phones, especially at these artists and expecting them to react in a good way. I've seen, what was it, BB Rexa or something got hit by a phone. I've seen uh, Sexy Red, what's her name, Sexy Red? get a phone thrown at her. I've seen Drake get a phone thrown at him. It's like, why are you throwing your phone? One, you're not going to get your phone back. I mean, if you do, you're lucky. Um, artists, when they throw that shit back into the crowd, hella far, I agree, man. If you get, if you fight throwing, I feel like being an artist, one, is so hard to do. Remembering your words, having a full set list, trying to appease everybody in the crowd and just stay on track for a phone to get, you get hit with a phone, uh, get hit with a phone in general, anywhere. It's just like, bruh, are you serious? I already got paid. I can for this. I can stop the show and everybody be mad at the person that threw the phone just because you hit him or her injured the person. And if they feel like stopping the show based on that shit, they will like don't ruin it for everybody by throwing shit out, especially Drake. He's like, bro, I don't need those cell phones. If you want to throw some titties at me, throw some bras or show me some titties, throw out, throw some bras up here. That's cool. But these motherfucking phones and shit. Yeah, it's just wild. It's just wild. People need to know how to act. I mean, you go over there under like hella drugs and hella drunk. You do some crazy shit, especially if you don't think anybody's going to see you in the crowd. But if they do see you and their favorite artist cancel cancel some shit on you, you can get your ass beat. It's a dangerous proposition y'all doing. You know what I'm saying? Um, you pay a whole bunch of money to go to these concerts, three, four hundred dollars to get good seats. And if the artist cancel on you, then what? You know what I'm saying? Drake's put on a great show, got motherfucking holograms out there, handing them books and shit. Like, you want to see a Drake show, you want to see it all the way through. Because again, I talked about this before in podcasts as well. These 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 touring dates and tours and stuff, it's how these artists are going to make their money. And this is how they put all their time into choreographers, uh, storytelling, like the 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 sets that they bring out, the stuff that Drake's doing with holograms, Kendrick Lamar's doing with holograms. They put on a show for y'all. And this is what, you know, they take their time to do. It's where they make a lot of bulk of their money from. Um, all these shows and these big-ass, long-ass tour dates, touring from place to place on buses, staying in hotels, being away from their families. So, you know what I'm saying? Enjoy the show. Don't be that person to ruin it. And injuring these people, you get sued. And then what? Like, come on, bro. Just chill. Just chill. Um, especially these big venues, you want to see that shit. Like, you don't throwing shit at uh, a phone at them at MSG or some shit. Like, and then what do you do? I hope you have another phone on deck because that's gonna be the stupidest decision in your life. That'll be the dumbest shit of your life. But yeah, just just a fair warning to anybody going to concerts this summer: don't throw a phone at somebody. You got Fifty Cent on tour; he'll fuck you up. Have somebody fuck you up. Yeah, <laughs> and trust me, these people in the crowd ain't gonna stand by your side. Those artists come to those people and ask who threw that phone. 
trust me, they're going to tell right away, right away. Trust me. So be careful out there. Uh, people acting crazy at these concerts anyway. So don't get these artists involved because once the artists get involved, pick you out in the crowd, then everybody's going to be against you. And you really going to get into some shit. Trust me. I've been there, seen it all, done it all. Trust me. Youngins, please act right. And then lastly, here we got Cinema Corner. Um, I'm going to hit y'all with Secret Invasion Episode 3. My thoughts of it. Disney Plus, of course. This is Episode 3 at this point. Um, we're still trying to figure out what's going on exactly. Again, no heroes. Spoiler alert. I should have said that already. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Um, and it's a tale of who's who, who's what, who's who, who's who. It, it's getting crazy, man. The 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 unknown of that is really good. Um, but me, I'm still waiting for a lot more action. Um, it is a lot of action in it. Let me, don't get me wrong. It's a spy espionage show. Um, the scrolls are in the world. Like a millions of scrolls are in the world. Um, Nick Fury is coming down from the ship uh, from trying to help. I don't know, actually. It's still kind of confusing to me. So Nick Fury came down from the ship after being blipped. And did he get blipped back into the ship? So that's when he came down five years after the blip and tried to go to Talos and kind of like get everything right. I'm not too sure. At the beginning of the show, it did start with him coming out of the ship. So who knows? Um, but we are learning a lot about the scrolls. Um, we're learning about their plans, what they're choosing to do. Um, you know, uh, graphics, they're trying to, you know, award him the position of war general. Um, and they're pretty much just trying to start a war with all the countries in the world that, so they kill each other, the humans kill each other and they can just live there um, and take over the planet. Um, graphics is kind of trying to tell Nick Fury and Talos that, you know, Nick Fury failed. He promised to find us a, a planet inhabitable for us scrolls for 30 years. And he didn't do that. And he got blipped for five. So it was a long time. It was a long time. It showed a flashback to 1998 when, uh, he actually met his, his wife. We don't know if his wife. See, it's, it gets confusing in this episode because we saw, I think it was in episode two that I didn't mention at the end of episode two, his, he went home and there was a scroll in his kitchen of his house. And then once he opened the door and goes to his wife, she turns into a lady that he met. Um, we show him meeting in episode three. Um, that he kisses and it, it kind of made it seem like he knew he was she was a scroll um, maybe while he was you know up in the ship he met a scroll woman and um, she came down to earth and you know he was doing his thing with her um, she was living amongst the people and uh, you know became you know they became an uh, item um, and he I don't know it's kind of confusing still because um, I think he got with her before the blip and then after the blip, she was still around, um, didn't know he was coming back and then started working for Gravix. So she has like a secret agenda. I don't know if Nick Fury knows that. I don't know if Nick Fury is actually a scroll. Um, we didn't talk about how we thought Roddy, uh, Rhodey could be a scroll as well, because in this episode, he knew that uh, Talos was kidnapped by the dude that they're trying to get the codes from because they called him Nick. And he was like, nobody calls me Nick. That's how he knew that it was a scroll pretending to be uh, Talos. But then in the meeting with Rhodey, he called him Nick. And it was kind of really significant that he called him Nick because again, nobody called him Nick. And I feel I felt like especially Rhodey would be calling him Fury. I mean, I mean, he does know him on a deeper level, but I think that still he would address him as Fury. Because I mean, 
we do that in football. You know what I'm saying? We meet somebody uh, and we say their last names all the time in football. We, we'll call them by their last name and it just kind of comes out. And everybody that knows Nick Fury have been calling him Fury forever because that's like, obviously what he likes to be called. So for Rhodey to call him Nick, to call him Nick, I don't know if it was being disrespectful or if it was something that pointed out that he was a scroll. You know what I mean? He said, even though, even when I'm out, I'm in, you feel me? So I think he knows that something's up, but I don't know, man. I just don't know. Cause it could be Nick Fury as a scroll as well. So, uh, oh man, it just gets really confusing. Um, what else did I write down that this episode kind of showed? Um, it seems like some flashbacks kind of showed that I don't want to say graphics is his son or uh, his wife's son or something like that, but I feel like he has a special resentment for Fury um, for some reason. Maybe the lady that he's married to is graphics son uh, or the person that he's married to is graphics mom. And he feels like he took his mom, made a promise to them and didn't fall through with the promise. And maybe she left, you know, getting really didn't get a hold of graphics and have him, um, you know, get on the bright side. So he started becoming bad and he started working for her. Um, maybe that's why, maybe he threatened um, telling Nick that he was actually her son. I don't know. It is a lot of theories that I have. They're slowly kind of unveiling what's going on in the show. Um, this show kind of just showed more of Gaia, Talos' uh, daughter, trying to um, foil a lot of Gravix's plans and still remain under the auspices of being on this team. Um, we saw her get shot in this episode after um, running and uh, helping Talos stop the submarine from shooting down the American airplane to start a war. That was their intentions. They're doing whatever they can to kind of keep the, um, the what's the word I'm looking for? I forget my words today. Keep the tension up between America and Russia. Um, they're trying to cause a whole bunch of shit to happen. And you really don't know who's who. These scrolls can turn into anybody. They're fucking super strong and all this shit. Um, but yeah. They just kind of infiltrate this uh, this uh, Russian sub to try to shoot missiles at this airplane to stop and to start a war. But, uh, you know, Gravix is telling Gaia everything about it. Gaia is passing information to Talos uh, secretly to try to help them foil the attacks that they're trying to do. But eventually in the episode, we see Gaia get shot. But then they kind of fucked it up because in some of the preview scenes for the show, we saw some shit that's in it that hasn't happened yet. So we know for some reason Gaia is not going to be dead. So they kind of fucked themselves by doing that. Um, and also we saw hints of the Super Scroll being created. And the Super Scroll is more so a villain that's prominent in the Fantastic Four. Um, so they're bringing it into this show. Maybe that's the kind of super that we'll see um, by the end of this six. Because only shit there's only three episodes left <laughs> so there's some shit has to get closed up and you know just stuff's gonna have to start happening but we saw that in that lab um they're creating something and in the computer we saw some shit um saw that we they had um, some dna from groot they had some uh dna from like a, a frost giant or something like that and um another a person that had like i forgot the name but there's some fire powers as well in there um, but originally in the she, uh, the comics and stuff, they get their he, uh, the super scroll gets their powers from um, uh, the thing, of course, Human Torch, Mister Fantastic, and Elas and Elastigirl, uh, Sue Storm. What's her name in that? Sue Storm, Miss Invisible, Sue Storm, whatever. 
so instead they switched up the story a little bit and again gave him like Groot's powers to have him be able to stretch. Um, they have the I forgot what, what power makes him invisible, uh, but they do have the fire power to mimic kind of uh human torch and an another one of the frost giant, I guess, is supposed to mimic uh the thing's strong strength and durability and stuff like that. Um, and uh, Secret Invasion also, the comic book run also had the scrolls looking to mimic a lot of the Avengers and taking their powers and becoming a scroll army of Avengers uh, around the world that are, you know, hard to stop. But in this one, they're not going to be using the Avengers or the heroes. So I think they're using the the whole aspect of taking those powers of those four um, creatures to make the super scroll. So I don't know if we're actually going to see that. We don't know if Gaia actually went in the lab and when she was spying actually took the super scroll serum. Maybe that's why she's still alive. A lot of theories that I saw on uh, heavy spoilers, uh, shout out heavy spoilers. Um, so there's a lot of stuff going on still. And it doesn't really feel like it's an hour episode every time you watch. It seems like it's like a little bit of stuff going on. They give a little bit of story and, uh, and then a little bit, it's over. You know what I mean? Uh, we saw that again, we saw that the lady that was that kidnapped Nick Fury in the beginning found that eye, um, the little camera on the owl. Um, and maybe their alliance will help get them somewhere in the, you know, in the series and their alliance helps them take down the scrolls ultimately. But I don't know. It doesn't really seem much progress is going on. We just had Talos and Nick Fury arguing and they're supposed to be the people that are supposed to be taking down the scrolls. So if they're not even on the same page yet, um, I mean, hopefully they can all wrap it up in three episodes. Um, I'm trying to see some answers be, uh, some questions be answered about these scrolls. Who's a scroll? Who's not a scroll? Because <laughs> I don't want to wait to the last episode and have the payoff being like these motherfuckers are scrolls the whole time and Fury was still in the airplane chilling. <laughs> yeah, that'd be that'd be wild. We're gonna have a Captain because he is in uh, the Marvels, so maybe we'll have a Captain Marvel, um, Kamala Khan, and Monica Rambo kind of cameo or maybe like in credit scene soon, seeing how they move into that. Uh, but a million scrolls, man, and the humans are making no progress. The scrolls can be shot, but it's like. It's just, it's just, every time somebody gets shot, I'm waiting for them to turn into a scroll or see if there's actually a real person. Because, shoot, when they're trying to go to dude's house to get the um get the security codes, the people guarding the house wear scrolls. Like, is there no real people in this goddamn show? But yeah, man, it's it's cool. I've heard a lot of good reviews from people who really like the spy espionage stuff and not, not really liking the whole show being... Um, molded around heroes and this kind of the backstory of this hero's pair in the show. They're giving us a show where we have to figure it out. Uh, we don't know who's who. And it's a good change from the actual comics too. So people don't really know exactly what's going to happen. Keep people on their toes. You know what I mean? Um, next episode comes out next Wednesday, episode four. Again, there's only three episodes, uh, three episodes left and there's our episodes. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, we need to get some people on here to review it with me next time too, because see if they're seeing the same thing as me. But again, everybody kind of feels like this is going to end well and it's being a good show. I mean, um, I don't know. It gives a lot of feels of uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, but we'll see. We'll see if it gets a little bit better. Um, I'm just kind of seeing Talos not really liking Nick's approach. Hopefully, hopefully Talos isn't really a bad guy because uh, he's a bad guy in the comic. Um kind of a vicious bad guy too. We saw that kind of come out of him when he was in the meeting with Gravix and he stabbed him in his hand and everybody turned into Gravix and shit like that. So he kind of knows that, I don't know. Is that really Gravix he was talking to? Was one of those other ones the real Gravix? It just, it just gets so confusing, yo. It gets so confusing. But ultimately, 
I'm hoping for a good payoff. I'm hoping for Nick Fury to, he's obviously going to survive because he's in the Marvels. Um, so nothing's going to happen to him. They gave away a lot of stuff in this, but I'm still trying to see how it pans out. I'm excited for it. And that's uh, that's the Cinema Corner for the day. Didn't really have much much else for Cinema Corner, but hope you guys are watching The Warrior on Max. I'm watching that. Uh, new season of Righteous Gemstones is out on Max. Watch that. And a new movie, The Outlaws, just came out on Netflix with Adam Devine as well. Um, he's been talking about listening to his podcast. Uh, this is important. So new movies on Netflix. The Witcher season three just came out. Um, Henry Cavill speaking to him. This is last season on here before they changed to Liam Hemsworth. I know a lot of people that are fans of that show didn't really aren't really happy about that, but it is what it is. But that's all I got for y'all. Go listen to that new music that came out. Um, Party Next Door dropped a single. Go listen to that. And all the homies with uh all with music. Uh, Zach or Layback Zach. Uh, we got, uh, uh, who else we got? Prince Mula with new tracks out there. All the homies, all the family with music. Uh, go check out uh, AKA's music. Go check out everybody's music, man, because we got a lot of talented friends out there. Shout out Adam. Go check out Adam's music too. Um, not Adam 22, but homie Adam. Um, what is, what's what's his rap name? Uh, Two Fly. That's what it is. Uh, How Fly? Two Fly? How Fly. Yeah, go check him out. And uh, hopefully... Um, Hopefully you enjoy it, man. I got a lot of talented friends out there making some music. And if they want to be on the podcast, talk about it anytime, man. We out here, wait. we always ready to talk about the next up-and-coming artist to go out, uh, grace the stage, especially when they're from the area. You know what I'm saying? So that is the end of the podcast for today. Um, you know where to find your boy at. It's SAC underscore Lydell on the Instagram. Patrick underscore Lydell on the Snapchat. Anywhere you look for the Best of Bias podcast, you can look at the website. That's bestofbias.com. It's not the, you're not the slickest thing, but you can get every episode from 1 to 168. Um, you know where to find us on podcast stream, anywhere you find your favorite podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Anchor, of course, even though Anchor and Spotify are kind of the same thing now, but merch, you see, I got it on, man. We got a whole bunch of merch still. Hit me up. DMs is still available. I know you guys probably don't see it all the time. I know you guys don't see it promoted enough, but I still got it. Dad hats, trucker hats, beanies, um, bucket, bucket hats, beanies, dad hats, truckers tv uh t-shirts still i got a couple right here in front of me um let me pop them up growly in the back doing his electric thing on the front the bbop the bobp excuse me best of bias podcast we still got a uh one of the big face growlies left you see him on the hat you see him on here get your set you know get yourself a set couple shirts left only a couple uh, get new shirts made really really soon bobp uh, a couple of the homies got them. Uh, shout out Sean, Damo. Um, everybody's repping the hats right now to get you one for the summertime because some tie-dye bucket hats coming. A bunch of cool shit. Um, I know I've been haven't been promoting it like I uh, should be, but there's a lot of it pinned up on my Instagram. Both Instagram pages have them pinned up, either my regular SAC page or the Best of Bias Instagram page. Um, that's where you can find a lot of stuff that I'll be posting about what's going to be on the show. My story go crazy with all the stuff that's happening, all the best of bias stuff, all the topics, not all the topics we talk about on here, but we'll have topics on there that will be on here. And there's a lot of stuff, um, you know, that's coming up. I'm trying to, I, I mean, I don't really utilize Twitter that much, but I know I definitely need to and TikTok, um, but tw uh, Twitter and the new threads just came out on Instagram. So I might give that a try to shout out Mark Zuckerberg, you know, shoot, that fight might be real. You know what I'm saying? Him and uh, Elon Musk, if they keep playing around with this competition, how Mark Zuckerberg is trying to impede on Twitter's kind of, you know, flaws that they have going right now. Everybody's going to switch over the threads on uh, Instagram to kind of fight that. But 
you know what I'm saying? I'm a, I might be on both. I just need to do better in my marketing and promoting. Um, but I do thank everybody who listens now. Stickers on the way. I'll be posting them up places. I can have stickers to send to people with their hats and all their merch as well. Um, but yeah, man. Hope you guys like all the uh, the podcast expansion. If you guys are going to Comic-Con, enjoy. Collecticon is in uh, Long Beach on in August. If you guys are going to be there, see y'all there. I'm going to get some pop sign. Um, you see that little black star just aim. I opened up uh, one of my Rock Lees because I got two of them, I just realized. So, yeah, took Rock Lee out of box, put him right there next to Naruto. But, yeah, man, it's the Best of Bias podcast. Everybody enjoy your Saturday. Hope you, you know, got through the week okay and hope you didn't miss me too much. But we back. We here, season two, full in effect, episode three of season two, but it is episode 168. Can you believe it? 168. Um, and I forgot how I did it. I think it was episodes one through 99 are on the old podcast. It's best of bias podcast or the best of bias podcast. And on this one, we got episodes 100 through 168. It's on the best of it's best of bias podcast. You'll see Growly on the cover. The other one is me and Hugo Twilight. But a lot of the podcasts in the catalog, I think, have been taken down um, due to some technical issues. But the, all they're all on the uh, website. But I mean... You know, the newer ones on the on Best of Bias podcast right now is the newer flavor. A lot of the kinks got worked out. You know what I'm saying? The newer vibe, you know, the the better setup. Um, the er- earlier podcasts were the testing phases. I mean, they are c- kind of like a history capsule in a way, but you can go back and look at what we were talking about on that day when this was happening. Um, but I'm sure episodes 100 to 168, uh, we'll get you in that vibe. You know what I'm saying? All the episodes, a lot of the episodes anyways, are on YouTube as well. Don't forget to go check out the YouTube. Like, subscribe, tell your friends about it. Leave a little comment under there. Let me know if you want to be on the show. We're accepting guests all the time. Anybody who wants to get on, you know, chop it up for an hour or so. Um, sometimes it gets a little out of hand. We talk for a long time about a bunch of different stuff. But that's what happens when you get here. You're with family. You get comfortable. You know, you could have been shy at first. But once you start talking and letting it go, it's like, oh, yeah, this is easy. And I want to be on it more. So. Support the pod. I'm trying to get the Patreon up soon. Some more, find some more, some more ways to pay, uh, to, you know, get everybody involved and kind of fund the pod. Um, and also I'm looking for people, you know what I'm saying? If you want to be a part of the pod, be a permanent part of the team, just let me know. Um, we need, I mean, video editing help, uh, podcast editing help, social media editing help or social media, um, content creating and uh just monitoring the social media and just keeping stuff out there because i try to do everything by myself it kind of slows up the process especially with my health condition you know i should be slowing down but i just kind of feel like i'm doing a lot to push the envelope but yes um, come join by best of bias media hit me up let me know what you can do what you get at what your skills contributions could be and who knows there could be a spot for you here to grow the podcast because we're trying to do more than just be a podcast we already merch gang merch gang merch gang and we're trying to do comic books. We're trying to do, you know, trying to do all kinds of media. So come join Best of Bias Media. There is a spot for you. But yeah, no more long talking. It's the Best of Bias podcast. Hope you enjoy your day. Come back next week. We're going to be here no matter what. It's all good. Again, sorry for my tardiness, but it's the Best of Bias podcast. Like Del Nero. And enjoy that theme song. It's your boy. Yeah. It's the best of, best of bias You need the earful, you should try us From pop culture to the movies to Unitas It's the best of, best of bias uh, Your best of bias yeah. uh, It's the best of bias